morning and welcome to another episode of Out From The Cube. I am your host, George Evian, and we are in the middle of a 10-part series that I'm circling back to after a two-episode break uh, from that 10-part series. We've gone up to seven parts, I'm sorry, six parts of the athletics of software, and today will be part number seven. So I appreciate your time. Uh, and attention to the podcast. I know that there are so many podcasts out there and videos to watch and books to read and the work that you currently have and all that. So having your attention and having an audience to listen to these podcasts, I really appreciate it. There's a number of other places that your ears and eyes could be today. And I appreciate uh, the time that you're spending listening to this podcast. Uh, But I want to circle back to the the athletics of software. We have three episodes left, uh, two or three episodes left in our 10-part series. And how this came about, just to give you a quick background and rundown of how we came up with the athletics of software, it was really this. And and I've said this before every other episode, so I, I don't want to go too deep into it. But the idea being that the, uh, the energy and the passion and enthusiasm and commitment that we have for our athletic teams, why we do, do not have that professionally. And I brought that up and it's something that I am super passionate about right now, I'm committed to. I do it professionally uh, right now with the teams that I work with and the uh, professionally in the IT world and in uh, other areas about team alignment, team development, team purpose, and creating that passion, that commitment, that enthusiasm for that group and having that kind of create this halo effect around it where other people recognize it, want to be a part of it, are willing to commit to also do what it needs to be done to participate in that group. Uh, it's, and I, I'm getting more and more wrapped up in my purpose professionally, what I want to do when my time is done professionally, what I want to look back on and say I had some sort of impact, a level of impact or influence on teams, on individuals, on products and services, and what that looks like. And I, and I, the reason I'm thinking more about that is because of Simon Sinek. And if you listened to an episode, actually, we did a LinkedIn Live episode a week or so ago with Jason Wells, and it really hit me in talking with Jason about what I heard from Simon Sinek, and I'm flipping to that now in my notebook here, and I wanna read this off because I don't know how much we spend time really thinking about our mission, our value statement, uh, a mission statement personally that you might have. And we are gonna get into part seven of the athletics of software, but I wanna really kind of uh, lay a backdrop to this episode. I don't know how I, I cannot look as much as I take notes and listen to things and really try to become more self-aware of my purpose and what I'm trying to provide and the influence or impact I might have with people and teams and products. Um, I, I actually cannot flip to any page in any of my notebooks and go and pinpoint kind of a personal mission statement. Like, hey, this is exactly what I am trying to do professionally. I I don't have that. Jason and I talked about last week about a commitment statement. And a commitment statement is something Jason has. And as we talked, he he had it on him. He found it on his computer and he read it to us. And it was lengthy, but it hit on three or four bullet points that he's committed to personally. And his mindset and, and 
what he says is when I do not live or am not uh, exemplifying those bullet points or his commitment statement, he expects to be held accountable to those by the people that know him, like me. If you're not living, if he's not living those statement, a statement, uh, a bullet point in his statement, you can call him out on it. Like, hey, Jay, you, you said you'd bring this today. You said that you stand for this and you're not, or you've been down for two or three days or you're not doing this. Like he expects that, right? So it's kind of that, it's a, it's a commitment statement. And I don't have that. And, and I'm not suggesting I'm gonna go down that road now uh, on this episode, because we are gonna get into the athletics of software. But this is what I will say. A conversation that Simon Sinek had with Gary Vanderchuk, and I've heard this before, it just happens, happened to be this day, this episode with Gary V, that, I mean, he had it down. He, he essentially said this, and I am gonna read it here in a second, but Simon Sinek said this, essentially, in my mind. It, this is how I took it. Like, this is what I stand for. This is everything I do is wrapped around these four or five sentences. Every book I write, every speaking engagement I have, every interaction I have professionally, every client I take on, when I go consult, everything I do is wrapped around this. If it cannot be wrapped around this professionally, I don't do it. My whole purpose is wrapped around this. And let me read it to you real quick. And I love what he says here. I love what he says here initially in the first sentence. He says, I have a clear vision of what I want to build in this world. That is sentence one in this, in everything I took from him. And he says a lot and he's very insightful and I really admire him. And it's kind of one of those conversations, one of those people that when you roll into a video or a podcast or whatever it might be where he is the guest, uh, you better have your notebook and pen ready. You're going to be writing like almost every single sentence. There's value. There's impact. There's impl- there's something you can implement or consider or, uh, you know, a tactic that you might be able to, ch- that changes your life a little bit, whatever it might be. But th- that is this first sentence. I have a clear vision on what I want to build in this world. And right after when he, and it was on a podcast, so I was able to pause it and all that. And I paused it and I just thought about that. I'm like, you know, I, I don't have a clear vision. I know what I kind of, I know what I am required to do and the expectations set on me today. I know when I woke up that I had my things that I want to get done today and I know what clients I need to work with and I kind of know how I want to uh, impact them or impact the teams I'm working with. I know that stuff. But to have a clear vision that you roll into every day of what I want to build in this world. Like I just know like, hey, this year, 2019, 2020, last year, whatever it is, like everything I do, like, man, I've got this nailed down exactly what I want to build in this world. And I'm just suggesting the people that I roll with and know and all that, I'm, there's not many, if there's not many, and there may be none that have an absolute clear vision on what they want to build in the world. Like you sat there, hey, like, what do you want to build in the world? Shit, I have no idea. No, no, I don't know. I just want to make sure that, you know, we can go get pizza next week or this weekend or there's a carnival I want to go. Like, I don't know. Like, clear vision on what I want to build in this world, you know? And the people, some of the, you know, the, most of the people I roll with will say something about their kids and the world they want to create for them. And that would be, if you put me on the spot, like, hey, what do you want to build in this world? Man, I, I'd probably start with my children. You know, what I, the world I would hope to create for them that they could step into and, 
you know, and excel at and excel in. That, that would probably be a place to start. But I have a clear vision. Simon Sinek, I have a clear vision on what I want to build in this world. And this is what he says. I imagine a world in which the vast majority of people wake up every single morning inspired to go to work, feel safe when they are there, and return home fulfilled at the end of the day. So that is sentence number two. I imagine a world in which a vast majority of people, not all people, because he's not, he would love to have that level of impact, but not everybody in the world. You know, he's not going to look at like, man, everybody in the world, I didn't get my job done. I didn't have a fulfilled life. But he's just suggesting, hey, I imagine a world where the vast majority of people wake up every single morning. They wake up every day, every morning, regardless of the time, and they are inspired to go to work. They are inspired to go to work. Right? They just wake up and they're sitting there going, man, I can't wait to get in. I can't wait to be with those people, that product, that service, that CTO, that CEO. I can't wait to be a part of what we're doing there. And it's 4.30 in the morning and I'm ready to roll, man. I'm inspired every single day to go to work. And when I'm there, I feel safe. So let me go back. I imagine a world in which a vast majority of people wake up every single morning inspired to go to work, feel safe when they are there. And then they return home fulfilled at the end of the day. Like there's so much to unpack. If you want to, we can go back to other episodes that we've talked about when we talk about safety and we talk about returning home at the end of the day fulfilled because what that does to, what that will wind up doing to that family, to that father, to that mother, to that relationship, to them parenting, to whatever it might be, man, just having a great day at the office and how that trickles down to all other aspects of their life. So sentence number two, I imagine a world in which a vast majority of people wake up every single morning, inspired to go to work, feel safe when they are there, and they return home fulfilled at the end of the day. Sentence three, everything I do, and he rattles it off, everything I do, books, engagements, taking on clients, whatever it might be, everything I do is devoted to building that world. So everything I do is locked in on, on sentence number two. So the first thing he says in sentence one is I have a clear vision of what I want to build. Sentence two is exactly what he's going to build. Sentence three is everything I do is devoted to building that world of sentence number two. And I'm so what's that have to do with the athletics of software? And part seven, I actually think it has a lot to do with it because I'm right now on that line of having an absolute clear vision of what I want to build in this world. And it starts with, and I don't have this great sentence and I will be stealing the idea and thought uh, from Simon Sinek, but it is essentially, I imagine a world that everybody is part of a dynamic team where they feel valued and appreciated and motivated and inspired and they are able to develop personally and they are able to create that and participate in an environment that is much like how we build our athletic teams or how we view our athletic teams or the the commitment we have to our athletic teams and it's a Sunday at 8 o'clock in the morning and I'm packing up the Ford Explorer to go tailgate at an NFL game when it's five degrees out and I don't care and I'm up in Green Bay and it's cold as can be but that is my team those are my people and I belong with that group and that excitement and passion and commitment enthusiasm no matter how cold or how hot but that is where I escape to 
and I am now on the line of saying, I have a clear vision of what I want to build in this world. And it starts with the athletics of software. It starts with the athletics of business. But a friend of mine uses that as his podcast, so I can't steal it. Right. But it is it is the athletics of our teams and creating that level of of that creating that environment as leaders that internally and externally. So what is, we've talked about how to build that, what that looks like, what are the key kind of phrases and words to have that be developed with our teams. And the first, we've done six of these up to this point. I'm not gonna go into the, the, the details or the valley with all of these words, but we talked about connection and being connected to the mission and the vision and the purpose of a company, of a team, but also to one another. And what that looks like. And we will do a, maybe a five or six part series here shortly where we talk about how to develop those connections. And how you can develop, how, how it, does, it goes from like a single strand to a rope of connection between one another. We talked about the enthusiasm of the leader and of the group. And as, as Seth Godin says, the tribe. Your tribe of people and how we can have an enthusiasm for what we're doing, how we're doing it, and that we're doing it together. And an enthusiasm of us being together. And it's like this, not to circle back to enthusiasm, but but man, that juice of you haven't seen somebody for a long time. Like I have a friend that that I was, you know, one of my closest friends, if not at a, a point in time was my closest friend. He lives in the Northwest up in Bellingham, Washington. And I imagine the enthusiasm, and I haven't seen him and I've, uh, in 25 or so years. We've exchanged some message recently uh, and we kind of track each other with some you know, running and health apps that we have. And so we're kind of giving the kudos and the thumbs up and get after it kind of things. Um, imagine that enthusiasm that you would have for one another if like that, for that time, like after 20 years of seeing somebody that you're connected with that you haven't seen in that long, man. You just would have that, you know, that childish enthusiasm for one another that you're, you know, get to be with one another. You get to spend time with one another. You get to share stories with one another. And that, I'm telling you, that enthusiasm for one another, uh, let alone the enthusiasm for the work, the work, the people, each other, you know, is very important. So that was the bullet point two. The third one was culture. There's a lot we can talk about with culture. The fourth one was just a sense of belonging. Like these, the, the tribe book by Seth Godin is a big time book where it talks about, you know, the tribes and belonging and shared interests and shared suffering and shared sacrifices of being in a group and being a leader in that group. The fifth one, we talked about care, that it, that it has to be more than just wins and losses in athletics. It has to be more than dollars and products and clients in business. That it needs to be about a group of people that truly care more about each other than they do about a product, a dollar, a win. That it's about more, it's about more. And I can go into that uh, here in a little bit because I read a great article this morning about a coach that I really admire, uh, that I used to know 25 or so years ago, knew him somewhat well, um, don't anymore. but it, but just his journey, his passion in people and his commitment to people uh, is the reason why he's successful. The sixth one was commitment, being committed to a product, a service, but more importantly to each other and being committed to 
essentially win, but we all know winning means different things. I'm not talking about uh, what, whatever winning looks like, and we can get into that a little bit more too. But we're 16 minutes in, and now we're just getting to bullet point seven. And I'm excited about this, and as we kind of went through this and talked it out, and I re, uh, talked to a number of people about the series that we're putting together, some, a, a variety of things kind of came out. The one that I really want to hit in, on here is, uh, it, I had this written down, but it got validated with some conversations I had. I, if you haven't listened to episode, you know, maybe it's 123, 124, where I had a great conversation with uh, Keith Rogers, who works at Polaris Solutions. Um, we, did, we had this great conversation about ownership. And that is the bullet point of this. A sense of ownership for what the team is doing. Here's the, here's the idea. Ownership in the software world, ownership of a product, of a service, uh, giving yourself or uh, having the opportunity from leadership or executives or your director or whomever it might be that you are, uh, you know, autonomous, you know, like we'll figure out the what and why and you figure out the how and we trust you enough to go do it and just go execute it because I believe in you and trust in you and I know that, you, that you're committed. I know that you care. I know that you have an enthusiasm. All the stuff we've talked about and just go, right? But Keith said something really interesting in our podcast uh, that I really appreciated how he said it. We were talking about a project that we worked on together. And he essentially said this. He was like, we were given, and I'm putting words in his mouth, but this is how I took it. We were given ownership of that. We were made to feel like it was ours, that the outcome that the solutions and tactics and the, the coding and the architecture, whatever it might be technically, was left to us. And all of a sudden, I felt like I had more skin in the game. I had more juice in the outcomes. I had more of a, of a mindset on execution and success and that we delivered a product because all of a sudden, my name's on this. I was made to feel like I own this. And if I own something and my name is now going to be stamped on that, this better kick ass, right? And I'm going to work harder, smarter, more intelligent. I'm going to have my mind open to other strategies, solutions, and tactics and routes that we might go down from our team because shit, we're all committed. We all have an enthusiasm. Our, our name is on this. Not just mine, although I might feel like it's my name on this. Like, like Keith said, that's essentially kind of what I said. And he was like, man, that was powerful. It, that one phrase, that one thought, that one belief that we had changed everything that we did. And it came from leadership. Like, hey, and it, however it was phrased or worded or uh, kind of managed down to them, they walked away saying, this is ours. I've, like Keith said, you know, I've never been a part of a team where that happened where we were kind of given that juice. Now it's not that, hey, just go do what, you, this is what you need to build and go do it and check back in with us when you're done. There is that process, like somebody owns it and we've got to demo it and show it to them and making sure that we're going down the right road. But man, you're, it's yours, it's yours. And it's no different in software, the athletics of software, than it is in the athletic world. Here's the example. And I, don't, I, I, I spent some time at the University of Utah. That's where I did my undergraduate work. But I was very lucky. And it's one of these things that, man, at 46 years old, man, I wish I could go talk to the 20-year-old me. 
uh, because I was given a great opportunity at a certain point in my life to observe, participate, or be a part of the basketball program at the University of Utah. And I, I just wish I could go talk to myself because, man, when you're given these great, great, amazing opportunities of life, uh, I hope that you're prepared to take advantage of it. I, I felt I, I just didn't. I didn't take advantage of that. And that's a whole nother podcast of taking advantage of opportunities and being present and uh, committed to all that. Um, but what I remember Coach Majerus saying, and Majer, Coach uh, Rick Majerus was the basketball coach at Utah, who's a, a, a yeah, I believe in the past year actually became, uh, was nominated and inducted, I believe, in the Hall of Fame. Um, and I'm almost 100% certain of that. So um, almost... 100% certain of that. I, I am certain of that. So anyway, but Coach Majera said this. We, he was in, given a clinic, actually, and he talked about like how to play pick and roll, something tactical in basketball. And he's sitting there saying, this is how we're going to play it. This is what we're going to do, blah, 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 all this sort of stuff, all that. But it's, maybe at one point it wasn't working as well, but he had senior juniors and senior players with experience. And he's sitting down in a huddle. And... He had an, a great, great player named, uh, named Andre Miller. Andre Miller wound up playing, you know, 16 to 18, 19 years in the NBA. And the story I remember uh, him saying was, hey, Andre, how do you think we should play pick and roll here with this player on this side of the floor, whatever it might be? And Andre gave his, you know, either drew it up or helped coach draw it up, whatever it is, and said, I think we should play it this way. But, it, but Majerus's point was this. I'm letting him own that, that outcome, that strategy, that tactic. And here, this is what it says. This is what he says that does. That all of a sudden, Andre feels like he owns that. Like, hey, this coach, who's a Hall of Fame coach, who's actually one of the best coaches ever, in my, in my opinion, about basketball. Here he is asking me my opinion on... What, how to do something. And this is important. And so I, so all of a sudden, I feel like I own this. I feel like I'm valued. I feel like I'm important. I feel like I'm being heard. All the stuff that we've talked about, right? But this is what Majera said that was interesting. Just by doing that, Andre is now going to go out and execute that harder. He's going to bust his ass to make sure it works because it was his idea. He's just going to do it just naturally because that's how we are. Like, man, this guy's letting me make this decision and I own it and my name's on it and I want to prove him right. I want to prove that the trust that he put in me to make this decision or execute something this way or to build a product this way or sell a shoe or a car this way, I'm going to prove, I'm going to work extra hard. That way he can trust me again. That way I get afforded this opportunity again. And I feel like I own it. I feel like I own it. I'm going to execute it harder. And that's everything we've kind of been talking about with, you know, what Keith, uh, 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 Keith uh, Rogers said. Keith said, man, all of a sudden my name's on it. I'm going to work. A it's not that Keith doesn't, Keith works his tail off. But you kind of get the point. Like, man, I'm going to make sure this works. I'm going to make sure this is executed. Because we've are, we're afforded an opportunity here to own this. And I've never been, I've never been made to feel like this ever in the software world. But man, now all of a sudden, you know, I've got more juice in there. I've got more skin in this game. 
And, and that's the same thing that we try to build with our teams. So understand this, and th this just popped into my head. A lot of this is just how you make people feel. And as goofy as that stuff sounds, as goofy as that stuff sounds, but if we're talking about building that enthusiasm, that passion, that commitment, uh, the enthusiasm, the per like all this sort of stuff that we're talking about building that we see in our athletic teams, that if you're a part of it, man, and you're rah-rah and you're sitting there listening to a coach give a rah-rah speech at the start of a game and you're just sitting there going, man, I'm so glad to be a part of this. I am so thankful that I am in this locker room with this coach, with these teammates, all that sort of stuff. But it's a feeling. And everything we talk about from commitment to belonging to culture to connection to enthusiasm – all boils down to how we can make those people feel, right? And we talked about a conversation Keith and I actually had and how it made me feel. And I did a podcast probably around, again, 120, 122, 123, 124 episode that, that I really encourage, I really enjoyed that episode. Uh, but I want you, you should go listen to it because at the end of it, or actually through the whole thing, but I kind of gave this action item at the end, like, man, just go have a conversation with somebody you work with so when they leave at 4.30 or 5 o'clock at night and they get in their car and turn that ignition switch on and their car's running and they're waiting for the AC to roll on because it's 105 degrees out and they're sitting there and they take this deep breath to finish their day and they're sitting there taking the breath going, it's the single greatest day that I've ever had here because of a conversation I had with put your name in of a conversation I had with George conversation I had with Johnny or Mike or Sally or Susie like that conversation I had this text yesterday I had this text from a friend yesterday unbelievable day at work I can't wait to tell you about it um super juiced up woohoo right that it was, it was a message from my girlfriend where she works and she was just like super excited about this day because of a conversation she had with somebody at work. How it made her feel. And we all have that opportunity and that is how you start to build this athletic, this athletic enthusiasm for your teams. It's all about how you make people feel. And then it's also about how other people perceive that how you feel outside of your team that they get to be a part of it they get to witness it they cross their fingers they can be on that team whatever I can do to be a part of that it's one of these things like we go to conferences as uh, we go to technical conferences throughout the Midwest and our group our team our company is just special I don't know I don't it's I don't know how else to, to frame it we've got amazing amazing people that work for us that are unbelievably talented at what they do. And it's one of these things. I, I'm going to circle back to this thought. I'm going to put a pin in this thought that I have right now. But we're, they're amazing people that don't know how talented they are. So, And I just say it that way. One, they're super talented. Two, they've got this unbelievable humbleness to them. That they're just like, yeah, you know, I'm going to execute on what, where our wheelhouse are, what I can do, and blah, blah, blah. The reality is they're just unbelievable at what they do. Right. But we roll around to these conferences and I just remember one like last year where we had a bunch of us at it and there's just an energy. There's a vibe. There's a different, different passion, commitment than other places I've seen. 
And because of that, because we're different, it's this vibe that we get from the outside of other people. And I get this feeling, and I'm not saying it's everybody, and I'm not saying it's all the time. I just get this feeling like people sit around and say, man, there's something different about those people, and I wish I could be a part of it. And it's how we make them feel, like, man. And then when they're a part of it, they're like, man, this is a special place. Right? This is an unbelievable place to be with unbelievable people that are just crushing it technically, crushing it in life and crushing it with one another. That it's, it's just about how you feel. It's about how you feel. And so how does that sense of ownership, how can that create the feelings you want to amplify with your team? Right, and we've, we've talked about that a little bit, but I'm just telling you that feeling of sitting there saying, all right, it's my at bat. And I'm gonna own, I own this product, this service, this sale, this client, and my name is on it. And I'm gonna show the people that are around us, uh, that are watching, uh, that, that they can trust me, they can count on me, that I can deliver. And I'm gonna, and just that, that feeling that you get by owning something, right? It's one of these things, um, you know, as you kind of go through a process of, you know, it's hard to roll into a company and have that huge sense of ownership on day one. I do believe there are ways to create that culture and that vibe and that environment with new hires on how you can make them feel like immediately, like, man, this is, this is uh, our, this is mine, this is our, like whatever it is. Um, and there's a way to do that. But it definitely, as you go through and you've been with a company for, you know, four, five, six, ten 10 years, that you should be stepping up and having a sense of ownership on what's going on, what you're doing, how you're doing it, the delivery, uh, the delivery that you have, uh, so you feel like it's yours, that it's yours, right? There's this great thing, uh, and this may not tie in perfectly, but a, a, a phrase or a quote that for whatever reason has stuck in my mind, and I've used it a number of times on the podcast, I believe, but I definitely write it down a fair amount, is if you don't have your goals, and if you're not working for your goals, then you're working for somebody else's. Does that kind of make sense? And let me stay with me on this, on how I tie this in a little bit. But if you're not working for your goals, your dreams, your ambitions, yours, yours, the things you own, the things you want to own, if you're not working for that, then you're working for somebody else's. Now, how I, what that means to me in my mind relating to this subject of ownership is as you kind of go through, you need to have that sense of ownership that it is yours. That the product, the service, uh, your responsibilities, your role at whatever company that you own it, that it is yours, that you are working for your goals. Now, in the grand scheme of things, yes. Whatever I do with the company I work for, I am working for someone else. It is not my own company, all that sort of stuff. And yes, I am working for somebody else's goals. I get that. But not all of us are going to own our own companies or be in that position. But I guess as leadership, as CEOs, as CTOs, if we can make, make people feel like it is theirs, that it is not my company, that it is our company. It's our company. That this is yours. You own it. It's you know, I want you to think the same way that if this is, you know, that it's your child as well as mine, that it's our child and we're, we're raising this and working on this thing together. That how that feeling, those words, uh, those phrases will change. 
how everybody kind of adapts to, to kind of those outcomes, right? So it's creating, and I, I guess the phrase I'm stuck on now in my head, it's not a phrase, but the theme or thought on this is really centered around, you know, it's the ownership, but it really boils down to how you make people feel. And I know that's, you know, I know there's leaders out there. I've seen it. I've talked with people. I've gone and had drinks and talked about CEOs and CTOs and leadership and all that. And I know that there are people sitting around that are managed in such a way where they'd sit there and say, man, my CEO or my CTO or my director's senior vice president, they don't care how I feel at all. And that's like stupid to even think about or consider or even suggest. Like he, he or she just wouldn't ever care how I feel. What they want is me to produce. And what they want me to do is deliver. And what they want me to do is to care about the dollar, care about the bottom line, to sell something, right? And all I'm suggesting is as leaders, if you are a leader listening to this and you have people, and we're all leaders, leadership's not a title, but if you have people that you are uh, working to inspire, if you're leading a charge, if you have people underneath you, like whatever that looks like, and I hate using the phrase underneath you, it should be kind of beside you, but the people that are looking to you for direction, those people, man, if you can really sit there and say, man, let's figure out a way to make them feel this way, you know, that, uh, that they own it, that they uh, matter, that they're important, that they're valued, that they can be heard, that they're safe, that they're that we have identified what the wins are, right? And creating those opportunities for them to kind of step into those roles, but to feel, but really to feel that way. Man, if that were the focus, so I'm not suggesting that I've got this great Simon Sinek thing about making people feel a certain way, but when we talk about just Simon Sinek's thing, I imagine a world in which a vast majority of people wake up every single morning inspired to go to work. They're inspired because they feel a certain way when they think about work. When they think about your team, when they think of, I'll tell you what, man, when I, when it's Saturday morning and I was living in Michigan and I was afforded the opportunity to go to the big house and watch Michigan play football with 110,000 people and we're all connected and we all belong and we're all, you know, rooting for the maize and blue of Michigan and we're all sitting there singing the fight song and they roll out with their winged helmets and it's maize and blue and everybody's got their maize pom-poms all chanting the, and all in unison and we're all sitting there together and connected and we belong and all that. And I'm sitting there going, man, this is, I cannot wait to be a part of that because this is how it makes me feel. I cannot wait at 7 a.m. on a Saturday to go to the big house because I know that when I get there in an hour and a half, I know how I'm going to feel. I'm going to feel just like, man, this great rush of emotion and connection. And I'm going to wake up. I imagine a world in which a vast majority of people wake up every single morning inspired to go to work. Man, what about if if Michigan's sitting around saying, man, I imagine a world in which a vast majority of people wake up every Saturday morning inspired to watch Michigan football. It's the same thing, right? That you're inspired to go to work, but it's all because of how going to Michigan makes me feel. And if I'm waking up tomorrow morning at 4.30 inspired to go to work, it's because I feel a certain way. Man, I feel like I own this. I feel like it's mine. I feel like it matters. I feel like I, I feel like Michigan makes me feel like I'm part of that team. Like I own, like I'm important. There's 117,000 people here, but I'm important and valued with Michigan football. 
I'm going to actually, I'm going to, I feel so important. I'm going to put on a uniform and I'm going to wear maize and blue just because I want to look like them. And I'm going to walk out. I've seen it, right? It's because they feel a certain way and it's because they feel like they're a part of it. They feel like they own it. They, those people feel like they are owners of Michigan football. And I, pe- people wake up every single day. Well, how, if you were crushing it and you were the business owner and it were your company, and you owned it, and your name was on everything, and you know you were crushing it, and you woke up every day just inspired every single day to go to work because it was yours. And because of how, you, man, I get, to, I get to go build this product, this service. I get to go impact these people. I get to build a product or sell something that influences people this way. I had a great conversation with a, a gentleman that will be on uh, his name's Jeff Arthur. Uh, we're going to do a podcast together. I meet with him every one, one or two weeks. But he told this. It was a, le- a lengthy story. I'm not going to say it all. But this one, he told the story of a gentleman that was selling high-definition antennas for TVs. He was selling antennas so people could watch TV. But the, and it was his business. But he woke up every single day inspired because, one, because of one thing. He was giving away, essentially, he was, this is the deal. It's a long story, but the short version is he was giving away free antennas. One lady who was just down on her luck, job, family, disabled kids, disabled mother, whatever it might be, right? That they had, can't afford TV and all that. And he was giving away antennas and she cried and sobbed in his arms and hugged him because now it afforded him the opportunity to have TV. So the aging mother who can't get out of the, off the couch, whatever it is, can enjoy TV. That was it. And she sobbed and thanked him. And it changed his life and it changed his business because now he's walking around and waking up every day inspired every single morning to go to work because I I own this and I'm able to deliver this to these people and here's the purpose of it and here's how it's impacting people. Man, those people that wake up in the athletic world that have 117,000 people waiting for them to play, man, they wake up every day and are inspired. Because I get to feel a certain way or I get to be involved in a certain way. And those people wake up every day because they're sitting around going, man, we get to have this level of impact. This is what it means to these people. And I, I'm a part of something unbelievable in Michigan football with 117,000 and a national television audience, whatever it might be, right? And I get to be a part of that. And the people that are watching feel like they own it and they're a part of it. It's all about how you make people feel. It's all about how you make people feel to get that and I know it's about bottom line and it's about dollars and it's about this but you know what that sucker's in a parking lot in Fresno California selling and giving away not selling giving away high definition antennas and one lady sobbing in his arms because it essentially changes her life and he's sitting around saying this is it like bam that's the moment I need and I'm selling those things and he's actually making a killing but it's about his purpose change right? All of a sudden his vision and mission like got clear. Like he's got absolute clarity on why he's in the business. He feels like every single time he sells something that he's having this unbelievable impact on families and people and individuals that are sitting there that have now have something they didn't have before to where they have people that are sobbing in their arms, right? So I think ownership you know, I, I think when I was in the, I am in the software world, but earlier in my software world, man, I just placed such a premium on, on value and importance and ownership that those were kind of the biggest things that you could do for your employees. 
Make them every day feel valued. Make everybody feel important. Make everybody feel safe and heard, but make everybody feel like they own it, right? And you start putting that in, and it's the same thing in athletics. I'm a University of Utah graduate, and there I probably look for their scores more than anybody else. I'm a big Michigan football guy, um, and those are scores I look for. And when it's Saturday morning, I'm telling you, me and my boys, we watch Michigan football, and we... We feel now I don't have that huge connection like I used to where you're sitting in the parking lot and tailgating, but you feel like you're an owner of it. You know what? They actually you can buy. I think like stockholders are the owners of the Green Bay Packers. You talk about owning something, go buy stock in the Green Bay Packers because now you're an owner. Then it is your team. I do own this. Right. Own enough of it. Own enough of it and have voting rights. However, that stuff works. But ownership is our seventh pillar. We're 40 minutes in, connection, enthusiasm, culture, belonging, care, commitment, and ownership. If we can kind of do that, then we can start to develop this enthusiasm and passion and interest for your teams, not just your athletic teams, but you can start to develop those, that passion, that feeling, that enthusiasm in all our teams. And I remember asking... And it's a, uh, I forget who it was. And it's really, it's going to be important for me to remember who it was. But I was talking with somebody about this. And I said, mentioned this 40 minutes ago uh, when we started. But I, uh, I said that I've brought this up to people. And one person said, I have that. That, that exactly the, those points of the athletics of software and that passion and commitment and enthusiasm and togetherness and belonging and everything we've talked about, we sat there and it was a lady and she sat there and said, I have that. I have that where I work. And we're all in. We're all in. Everybody is all in on it and everybody in the company wants to be a part of it. And I was like, man, we need to sit down and talk. And for, for the life of me, I can't remember who that was. And it's important to have that conversation with, with whom that was. If it was you and you happen to be listening to this, please reach out to me. But listen, I hope that this, I hope this series is resonating with you because I'm not suggesting right now that I have a clear vision of what I want to build in this world, to quote Simon Sinek. And he's really impacted me. I, he has a clear vision of what he wants to build in this world. I know this. I juice up, get geeked out, and my passion and and what my purpose seems to be on a daily basis is the teams that I impact, the teams I work with, the teams I have conversations with, or the people I have conversations with that are part of a team, if I'm not embedded in the team, is all about building that passion and purpose and inspiration of athletics into their software or business teams. It is. That we can't sit there and have that same level of passion and commitment that athletic teams do. And it, 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 it is it all encompassing with me, with our teams. Um, and so if you have, if you want to continue this dialogue about this, please reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, please, you know, subscribe to the podcast. Got a great message this morning about somebody that was subscribing to it that is uh, going to be following us. And, you know, it's just, you know, here's the thing. The podcast is doing really well, but it's just like, one buddy reaching out to me on LinkedIn that I know really well that is just like, man, it, it, super inspiring you and Jason or just me uh, in particular in this mo- this time, you know, reaching out to me and offering some feedback and having a discussion with them about an episode. Man, that's, 
it could be one person uh, luck you know fortunately for us it's more than one person but man it could just be me having a conversation with one person and it really matters and it, it's uh, matters to me and it matters to the teams that we develop so listen if we can help you just reach out to us on LinkedIn um, and if there's anything we can do to continue a discussion on how to build that athletic commitment that athletic teams have with your professional team we are the people that you should be talking with if anything just to have a conversation so we can get better so we can impact you might have a different perspective and my notebook's open my pen's in my hand I'm ready to take notes down and figure out other strategies and tactics and theories and uh, whatever it can be to make these teams better and that's here's the deal to wake up every morning every single morning inspired to go to work inspired to be a part of that team inspired to be able to deliver that product that high definition antenna that service to somebody else and have it impact their lives i'm inspired by that the athletics of software ownership i hope you have a great rest of the week um there's more to come we got two or three more of these with the athletics of software i hope it's helping you with your teams uh i've had a lot of fun prepping and delivering this message and these bullet points and I hope that you're enjoying listening to them and I hope that you're impacting your teams with something even if it's just one thing per episode that changes the dial or moves the dial with your teams have a great rest of the week take care